0: Starting a series for the month of June, entitled "Fatherhood," and um, I'm going to share with you some things today that have to do, and today and the rest of this month, that have to do with fatherhood, and we're going to look at some father-son relationships in the Bible. There's a lot of them. Um, there's some good ones. There's some not so good ones, but. Um, one thing about all of the father-son relationships in the Bible is none of them are perfect. Actually, none of them are perfect. They're actually far from perfect. And uh, but there is a father in the Bible that's perfect, and it's God the Father. And um, throughout the month, we're going to talk about God the Father, and realizing that at the end of the day. What we, what the way God planned it was this that you would be born into the earth, that was His plan, He had a plan for you, but that you would grow up and become His child. Any of you today that have little children, those children are just on loan from God. Oh, they're my children. No. They're God's children. They're on loan from God for you to raise them and teach them, get the word in them so that they can have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. And when you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, then you will walk in trust and confidence all your days. The Bible, in so many ways, Actually, in one translation it says this, but in many, many ways in many different scriptures. It says, to know God is to trust God. To know Him is to trust Him. To know God is to trust God. Not just know about God, but to know Him. To know Him is to absolutely trust Him no matter what you see or how things look like or appear to be. And I tell you what, when you accomplish that in life, when you come to that place, I mean, it's not something you accomplish and then you rest. It's something that you come to that you realize, but then you have to exercise that in everything you face. There never comes a time, because there's a devil out there, there's an enemy, his name is Satan, And he's he's after you and he wants to discourage people and he wants people to operate in fear and, and to be overtaken by circumstances. And he wants for you to believe that what you see, feel, taste, and touch, your five physical senses are more real than the promises of God. And what we're doing is we're learning to dispel that and let him know, no, I'm not giving you any opening in my life whatsoever. None. Shutting the door of the enemy in every direction. And I'm just saying to you that there's, there's a lot of really important messages. There's a lot of things that we preach throughout the year that are vital to your spiritual growth. But there's none more important than realizing that every promise in God's word comes from knowing the Father comes from knowing the Father. So follow me just in in a few verses of Scripture today. Um, In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, Paul tells Timothy this. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and i am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. In other words, I know whom I have believed. I know him. I don't just know about him, I know him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and he's able to keep me. What's he saying right there? He's able to come through On every promise of his word until I'm finished here you get to the other side the promises are manifested and 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 they come to pass I'm sure the same way but the difference on the other side in heaven is there's no resistance to our faith Paul came to the place where because of his relationship with the father he trusted him and knew God would come through in everything that he promised, no matter what. Put your hand on yourself and say, me too. Amen? If the Apostle Paul could trust him, and everything that God promised him came to pass, same with me. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely true. Um. John 17 and verse 3 says, This is eternal life. That they may know you. This is Jesus saying it about the Father. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is what life is about, to know him. Paul said that I may know him. Jesus is talking about the Father, to know the Father. N- watch this, this next um, really short verse. Jesus said in John 10 and verse 30, I and my Father are one. They're two but one. So Jesus and the Father are one. So to know the Father is to know Jesus. To know Jesus is to know the Father. Well, the rest of this message today, I want you to think of knowing Jesus as this. The Bible says that Jesus is the living word. So the scriptures that we're talking about today are Jesus. And when I know Jesus through the word that he is, then I know the Father. To know him is to trust him. In other words, this is eternal life, to know the true God and and Jesus Christ. So, So the Father is saying to us, listen, what real life is about is to know me. But to know me, you have to know me through the word, through Jesus Christ, because he and I are one. And I'll just add this. All of this scripture was before the cross, but I'll just add this. We'll look at this on, in another Sunday. But the third part of the triune being is also what we have today, where the Holy Spirit is revealing the truth who is Jesus So that we can know the Father in a stronger and more confident way than we ever have before. I mean, it's a win-win, folks. You want to trust God, you have to know the Father. To know the Father, you have to purpose to live your life in and through the Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal who He is as a person. Now, I want to read a, a couple of verses, or I want to read this verse of Scripture first, and I'm going to read it in two translations. It's found in Colossians 3 and 21. It said, Fathers, do not... I'm going to read in the New King James. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. In the Message translation of Colossians three twenty-one, it says... Parents, or we're talking fathers, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Now, all through the Bible, and I, I've written out and am going to look at three of them today. We'll look at some more of them uh, throughout the month. But all, all through the Bible <clears throat> are father-son relationships. And um, the first father we look at was the first father. And his name was Adam. And Adam had two sons that we know of. I mean, I think there were some others, but, but the, t- the first two were Cain and Abel. And um, Adam disobeyed God that affected all of humanity. That's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, that should have disqualified him as a father or anything else. But it didn't. Because what we have record of is that we have record that Cain and Abel had a choice to obey God and do what God said or not. Abel obeyed and Cain didn't. It was their choice. So Adam had to develop in his boys the understanding of obedience to God. And we're talking about a father that disobeyed there's no perfect father anywhere never has been never will be except one and he's the one that we're learning to connect with so that what our earthly fathers couldn't do for us and what what our earthly fathers didn't have the revelation that our heavenly father had then we're not living our lives tied to and connected to the effects and the results of what our fathers that were unrenewed in some area or whatever didn't have the capabilities of being everything we needed them to be now i just spoke to children for a moment but i'm speaking to fathers today You and I don't have the capability to be perfect as fathers. We have the wisdom to do it perfectly, but it's our choice. There's only one perfect father, and the more you're like him, the more you'll be like him as a father, grandfather, or anything else. But you think about it. Adam disobeyed God and ruined it all for all of humanity. And he wasn't disqualified as a father. We look at another guy named Noah. The earth was about 1900 years old. God comes to Noah and says, "Um, I want you to build an ark because it's gonna rain and it's gonna flood the earth. Well, from what I understand in the research that I've done, it had never rained before, from what I understand. So not only was that nutso and crazy, but he's, he's, he's attempting to convince his family and other people. His three sons and his daughter-in-law came on the ark with him and um, as a result of teaching them and training them to trust what God was telling them to do, they saved humanity from being extinct. And later on in, 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 I keep saying Abraham, later on in Noah's life, Noah did some really stupid things. And we have record of it in the Bible but it didn't disqualify him from being used by God to save humanity. It's actually a picture of what Jesus Christ did for us. Third father-son relationship is Abraham. And Abraham leading up to this, the son of promise being born made some really major disqualifying mistakes if he lived in this time. Somebody in ministry that commits adultery is, is disqualifying for any type of ministry or any future. Um, I'm not condoning any of those kind of things. I'm just saying Abraham not only committed adultery but he lied he cheated he said things to people that were not only true but hurt and harmed a lot of other people because of the choices that he made and over a 24 year period of time as he began to develop faith and trust in God his son of promise was born he was almost 100 his wife was around 90 years old an impossibility But his faith and trust in God grew, even as a result of his mistakes. Why am I saying that today? Nobody in the room is disqualified. The blood of Jesus has qualified us to be fathers, mothers in the house, to be everything that God created us to be. But this month as we're talking about fathers, I'm telling you, every father in the house is qualified. Whether you're a father today, you'll be a father in the future, whatever it is, you're qualified, you're not labeled through the blood of Jesus, you're not labeled with your mistakes. You're labeled according to what God's Word says. And the more you know your heavenly Father, the greater father, husband, as time goes on, or some of you are today, grandfather, all of those things that you, you have the capabilities of being because God created you to be that person. He created you to be that person. And I'm saying today that every one of us, every one of us fathers in the house, God made us To treat our children and to treat other people the way that he does he made us that way so for you to be able to treat people the way the father would you have to know the father it's vital in um, the verse that I read in, in John 10 30 Jesus said I and the father are one Throughout the New Testament, about 35 times in the New Testament, no, uh, no just, just over 25 times, I'm sorry. Just over 25 times in the New Testament, there is a verse of Scripture that says this. And I'm, what I'm going to read, just going to read one of them but it's Galatians 1 and verse 3. And it says, Grace to you in peace. This is Paul and his letter to the, to the church at Galatia. He said, Grace to you in peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that, we might, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to to the will of our God and Father. What a powerful verse of scripture. Jesus said in um, John 10:30, I and my Father are one. The Apostle Paul caught this revelation of the Father and Jesus being one, and you can't separate them. He caught the revelation to where every letter that he wrote to people, he opened, or somewhere in the letter, he responds with grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave, a, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. What Jesus did in giving himself was what the will of the father was because he said, all of this was in accordance with the will of our God and father. See, there's something about knowing the father that causes changes to be made. I mean, a lot of people, because they don't maybe want to take the time to really understand the difference, kind of just throw God in a, in a, kind of in a bag and just shake him all together. He's not the same. Even though the Father and the Son, the Word, and the Holy Spirit are are one, they're three separate individuals. And what we're talking about and what we will talk about throughout this month is how vital it is to know God the Father. There's so many different scriptures in the Bible that talk about that in the days that we're living in, God is going to bring the hearts of the Father for the children. We look like we live in a society where fathers are a bunch of idiots and a bunch of fools. If you watch much television, most of the sitcoms downplay the fathers like they're a bunch of idiots. And I'm just telling you today, men, we've had a bad rap. But some of it is true because we've not known our Heavenly Father. I'll just say this, and my earthly father is alive, he's a great man, I love him with all of my heart, but, and he and I have had these kind of conversations, but there are things that he couldn't do for me in my life. There are things that he couldn't be to me because he didn't know how to be a father because his father wasn't a father. Why? Because his father didn't know the heavenly father either. I didn't, I, you know, you, you can go to church, you can be born again, and not know your Heavenly Father. And what some of the things that my, I mean, today I'm grateful. I mean, I'm alive. He fed me, huh? I'm here, praise God. And I wouldn't be here if He'd have thrown me to the wolves. I'm very grateful and thankful. He's, he did a lot of great things. But there are things that along the way, as I was younger, that I blamed him for, things that weren't right or things that happened to me or whatever. I blamed him for things, not stepping in and being responsible or whatever. I just blamed him for those things. And along the way, the same way that Adam taught Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel had to make choices to do what was right. Abel did, Cain didn't. And as a result, one lived and one died. What did the scripture say that we read earlier? This is eternal life. That you may know Him, the true God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom He sent. The two together, the revelation of the two together caused you to have an understanding of who the true Father is. Over time, the things that i blamed my earthly father for god showed me no 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 you 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 you're you're growing up and you have to get over it and you can't be a victim of things that he didn't do and and over time what god revealed to me was things in his life that had happened as he and i got older and we became friends and 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 connected together I found out things about his life that happened when he was a young person that didn't empower he wasn't empowered to be able to be the the father that that supposedly that I needed him to be and yeah we want to be the best fathers that we can be but at the end of the day my limitations as a father are where I don't know my heavenly father in that way because you can only get so many examples And you know, I'll just tell you this, it's better for a father to have revelation of God and to impart that into their children, but i just say this, where you don't get it, you can get it from him. Jesus Christ, the living word, every promise in the word, you see him coming out of the scriptures and into your life, and it'll make changes in you to where you're not about you, You're not a complainer. You're you're not, you know, why don't people do this for me? Why is this not happening the way that, that it's happening for someone else? Being jealous of the good things that are happening for somebody else. You have the ability to rejoice because, why? To know your father is to trust in him. And when you're trusting him, you don't have to have anything worked out. He'll work it all out. Your faith and confidence in him. I didn't say it won't be worked out. You don't have to have it worked out for you to be confident and assured. No matter what you think you need to have worked out today, if it was worked out by tomorrow, there's something else you'd fret over. That's why we've got to trust Him. And to know Him is to trust Him. And when I know Him, and I trust him that I can be a father to my children to my spiritual children and to anybody else God tells me to be I can be that and there's no pressure in it it's something that flows out of me you know why you know why a lot of people don't want to be when I say a father like a like a like somebody that's helping or speaking in or doing for someone else. You know why most people don't want that? Because they're afraid that somebody's gonna want more. Did you hear me? A lot of times people don't wanna do for someone else because they're afraid they're gonna want more. And you have to ask yourself those questions. Why do I feel that way? Well, because I'm afraid they're gonna want more. Why? Because at the end of the day, you're afraid God can't produce for you. And the only way you can know God will produce for you is to know him as father first and foremost. But you'll never know him as father if you don't know him through the living word. And when I know him through the living word and I have trust and confidence that he's got my back, then I can do anything that he tells me to do. It's not just doing everything, it's doing what he wants. I'll tell you what, knowing the Father is so beneficial in life that you will never have another sleepless day in your life when you know the Father's got your back. And I'll just tell you this as fathers, most fathers struggle with being good fathers because of their mistakes. By the end of this month, I will have at least. Fifteen father-son relationships where the fathers really screwed up. But they weren't disqualified. And they all came through and made a difference in their life. Do we have to continue to screw up when we know what's right? Absolutely not. But I can't let my past dictate my future. Where I've not been the best father. In some area, then let's make it right today. Let's let's do what we can do because God will give you wisdom and understanding how to be a better father. You know, it, it, when when your children are grown, as mine are, you're still a father, right? If your children are married, and you're still a father, yeah. yeah. And then as. Grandchildren come, you become a grandfather. There's all kinds of things and opportunities that God will give you in ways in the natural that you think could never work out. If you trust him because you know him, you know he'll make a way when it seems like there's absolutely no way. And this month we're talking about how to become the greatest fathers that the world has ever known. John 14, 6, and I'm going to end with this verse of Scripture. I'm not ending yet, but this is my last verse, and then I'm going to end with some things I'm going to say. John 14, 6. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one. Listen to me. He's not talking about being saved here. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about a relationship with your heavenly father. No one comes to the father except through me. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about a relationship with your heavenly Father. Salvation is through a connection with Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Actually, when you get born again, who lives in you is the Holy Spirit. Where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit represents what Jesus Christ did in his birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. The Holy Spirit represents that. And once I get born again, then I've got to know the Father and what his will was and how his passion was for humanity to be set free. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God could have just gone... And we'd all been gone. But he loved us so much. The foundational, eternal verse of Scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And man, when you understand that, you're able to give your whole life and lay everything down and do exactly what the Father wants but you will never do that because you'll misunderstand it and you'll think it means something that it doesn't until you know him. So one of the things that I'm getting over to you this month is this. Every time you read the word, you're reading Jesus. And every time you're reading the word, which is Jesus, you're getting a greater glimpse of of the relationship that you have with the Father. And you have to purpose to separate those two relationships. Actually, the three of them, the Holy Spirit, but but we're focusing, because of these scriptures, on the Father and Jesus. You've got to purpose to learn to separate those so that you can get all of the understanding that you need from the relationship with the Father so that your, your life down here on earth can be effective. What, 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 what is true life? This is eternal life. That we may know you, Jesus said that. The only true God and Jesus Christ who you sent. Jesus separated the two relationships. He was one of them when he was on earth. But he constantly talked about the father and the relationship of the father. Jesus is what is talked about throughout the church and the relationship with Jesus, but there's something deeper there's something about a relationship with the father that brings peace to people's hearts and confidence and a trust level that goes beyond what we see in the natural realm that cause us to be the people God created us to be so that we don't live our lives up one day and down the next, you know, frustrated about this, moved by this, saying this thing, treating other people certain ways and doing things that we shouldn't be doing, confused about our future, confused about our destinies, when you know the Father, He's got it all wrapped. And I'm telling you, literally, literally, Nine scriptures today, I've got another 30, and then another 50 that I'll just tell you where to go this month that I'm reading about the difference between the relationship with the Father and with Jesus Christ. They're together, they're one and the same, and yet they're different. And I'm telling you, today, you needed to hear that And I needed to say it. There's a difference. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. How many believe that?